Welcome to this podcast series where I talk to the artists behind the music I play on my radio shows. I host two radio shows on UKCountryRadio.com. One is a country legends, a documentary style show, and the other is the Boudoir Bluegrass Show. Join me while I chat to and get to know the musicians and artists behind the music I play. Listen to their stories and their musical journeys and share some laughter and fun as you get to know the artists behind the music. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm talking to the lovely Linda Lamont. She is a singer, songwriter, photographer and musician. And if you listened to my show last month, you would have heard me playing uh, a track of hers. She's got, she's just, well, she's recorded two albums. One About Time is out at the moment and there are some bluegrass tracks on there. So of course she made it into my show. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Linda. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi, Lynn. Thanks for inviting me to your wonderful show. Oh, it's a pleasure, my love. I've been dying to talk to you because I love getting new music. And it's such a difficult thing to try and convince bluegrasses out there to part with their music. I think they just are busy or whatever, or they forget. But it was lovely to have your music. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I'll be playing a lot more tracks on my shows in the future. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah. I think we've got a bit of a lag here, haven't we, Linda? Yes. So tell me, how long has music been part of your life? Uh, were you born singing? Well, I was born outside the town hall in Stockport in an ambulance. So, oh. yes, <laughs> it was certainly unusual. My mother didn't tell me whether I was singing, but she said I, I did a lot of crying. So I guess <laughs> I exercised my lungs from an early age. <laughs> Oh, fabulous. Outside. Oh, my God, that's a, a claim, isn't it? To be born outside the town hall. Yes. Uh, but of course, you've been songwriting for many years, obviously growing up. Were you songwriting as a child? Did you pick when, when did you first pick up an instrument, for instance? How old were you? Well, I had this little toy piano that I got from a Christmas present. I, I guess I would have been about seven. Um, and I used to tinkle tunes on it behind the settee because we're from a large family, so that was the only place I could get a little bit of peace and quiet. And um, my re- my parents recognised that I was playing very well by ear, so they decided to send me to piano lessons. And what other instruments do you play? I notice you are, a mo- well, you play the guitar and the ukulele, I see, uh, obviously the piano as well. Do you play? Yes. Instrument? Well, um, when I got into my teens, early teens, I would say, around about the Beatle era, mm-hmm. um, I picked up a guitar. I think somebody gave it to me in a battered old Spanish guitar, an acoustic guitar, and started practising um, in my bedroom, like a lot of teenagers do. That's where yeah. they start. Yeah, so that that was um, that's when I started the guitar, about the age of thirteen. And when did you start the ukulele? Oh, that wasn't till a few years ago when I was um, in Beer Regis because I, I moved to Beer Regis in Dorset after my husband died, and uh, met a bunch of musicians there. And um, there was one particular man called um, a lot. Some of your listeners might uh, know him actually, Richard Thrift. It was a, uh, I did a lot of country uh, music and he was in various country plans, played in America. His brother, uh, his brother, no, I can't remember the name of his brother, but his brother actually plays, played until last year at Disney World in Paris. 
um, as as a, a country out there for as a you know for, for years actually. But Richard, he was great. He passed his knowledge on to other musicians, and he used to have uh, he ran a ukulele night at the local pub, the Drax Arms. Cool. So yeah, I I learned there from good old Richard. It's a fabulous little instrument, isn't it? I play it yeah. myself. So, songwriting. Now, from what I understand, you wrote many songs. You know, songwriting words have always been a part of you. You recorded your song, I Will, which was in written for your late husband. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yes. And uh, what year was that? Because it was that was the year when it was recorded that a friend or an acquaintance said that you really ought to dust off that dust of your catalogue and, and record your songs. When was that, Linda? Well, I originally wrote I Will with some musician friends when my late husband David died and we raised a lot, quite a lot of money for charity. That was in 2000, oh, when was it? 2007. But I took it out, dusted it off and decided to include it in my second About Time 2 album, which is mo- ma- mainly bluegrass and country songs and got in touch with some players in Nashville and worked with them remotely and and recorded it again I, I much prefer the, this version. Can you tell me about About Time your first album what songs are on there what is it's not bluegrass is it what, what genre? The first one I decided in lockdown last year to um, dust off all my old songs and to record them, I thought well, that would be a project that will keep me happy, keep me busy for a while. So I um, got in touch with some players in Nashville and worked with them remotely and recorded the first bunch, which was mainly country. And yeah, um, that went down very well. And then you decided to record About Time too. Yeah, that was all in the plan. And then I decided, again, the players in Nashville helped me out with that. But this time we picked a bunch of bluegrass, particular particular bluegrass instruments, because I wanted them recorded in the traditional bluegrass style, which they managed to achieve. They've done a great job. Oh, they have. You are recording a third, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I don't know why I've got myself into this. It's uh, It's actually... Quite tiring, but quite rewarding, very rewarding. Um, I was in the studio a few days ago, cutting the first two tracks for the next one, which is going to be very different again. That's going to be more rhythm and blues. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love the way you're playing around with different genres. I really do, because that's what I like to do. I'm going to be recording an album and it's going to be mixed genres. I like to play around with mixed genres. I just find that incredible fun and clearly not only do you have a passion for bluegrass obviously but a passion for experimenting with all the different genres and I can't wait to hear that album well do you know I've been to a lot of bluegrass festivals I mean that's where I was influenced by bluegrass music it was back in oh I don't know 1996 I don't know um at the um Edale Bluegrass Festival have you ever been there Lynn? I that was actually no no that was a, a long time ago it, it it packed up two or three years later and I've been you know I've been to bluegrass festivals in the UK and and in America 
and I'm, I'm absolutely hooked by it. But what I found recently is the younger contingency are actually picking up pop songs, rhythm and blues songs, and making them into a bluegrass style, which is great. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of that going on. I think they call it new grass. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, I love to hear it, the, the energy they put into it. You know, it's, uh, I mean, I think there should be more pe- young people getting into the bluegrass scene. It's very sad, you know, we're seeing uh, um, less young people picking it up. But long may it continue. Well, I think Flats and Sharps have done a lot to encourage youngsters oh, to get yes. on the bluegrass scene. I met I met them when they're about young and fresh at the age of about eighteen at the Cornish Bluegrass Festival. I love them, beautiful guys. Yeah, so they they they're doing a lot to help. What I haven't mentioned, of course, is that although you are very much into your your bluegrass and your music, you are a keen photographer as well, aren't you? And have you been? Obviously, you can't shoot for your own album covers, or do you? Do you? You, you put it on on a uh, timer. <laughs> no, I have to get help with that um, so people can get the best angles of me. <laughs> I well, need... They're brilliant. <laughs> you look fabulous. Yeah, I did. I, I've got some friends who are musicians. You very often find, actually, that musicians have a multitude of talents in mm. the arts. And I've got friends in the industry and who have taken pictures for me so I'm very lucky in that respect. One thing I do want to say is you're going to be a guest of mine on my other podcast The Power of Music and Voice because you've written some songs that include a lot about wildlife and nature and you are trying to pass a message on of course about the awareness of conservation so did you write the songs before you got involved with conservation or did you write them after they're beautiful songs i love them and i love the fact you've got them to bluegrass with instrumentation i just love nature i just have a very close connection with nature and yes i i've been writing for quite a number of years about the influence of nature so it comes through in my songs and they're delightful so after your third album have you got more songs still written to make a fourth? And when restrictions allow, which hopefully won't be too long, have you got gigs coming up, Linda, that we can come and see you? Yes, I've got more songs. I've got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep coming. <laughs> I keep, um, you know, I, I suddenly get an idea. I mean, on 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 About Time 2, which is my latest one that's out there at the moment, I was desperate to write a, a song about a dormouse and I'd been it's been hanging around in my head for about a year and then suddenly I got this tune in my head mm-hmm. and the, the words followed and literally within about 10 minutes it was written so it was um it was a relief to actually get that one ticked off I did have a band of my own quite a number of years ago called Cash Carter and Co uh, it was just three of us and we did a number of gigs and then um, uh, as in sex and rock and roll, you know, yes. one of the guys, one of the guys went off with a woman and it caused arguments and <laughs> <laughs> it, it split up. So I've not bothered since because it's hard work. I've been I've been concentrating on my songwriting, which the young man in the band encouraged me to do. So 
my plans are are to get musicians together to do particular gigs Mm -hmm. and I'm targeting small venues around the country so that's what I'll be doing possibly for next year I mean possibly the end of this year I'll certainly try and do a showcase gig somewhere central but yeah, those, those those are in the pipeline. You must keep us up to date with those. And well, I yes. will, because you'll keep me up to date. And of course, I can keep my listeners up to date. And I'd love yeah, to come okay. and see you perform. And oh, I'm based down the south here. And I don't mind. I can travel as well. I always look for a, a jolly. Any excuse for a weekend jolly away is fine. I can drag yeah. the husband as well. I can drag John. <laughs> He'll be up for that too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be lovely to see you. And here you showcase your songs, your album, you know, get it out there, really get it out there. Yes. Well, it's it's going to be a triple album launch and I'll pick the best songs from each of the albums. Uh, And of course, the way you've got to organise it is the type of musicians you take on board. So you've got to organise it so you can play it in a three or four member band, (laughs) depending on the budget. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Well, Linda, it's been super fun chatting to you and I'm super excited about your third album project and I can't wait to hear it. When do you think that'll be finished, actually? You've only just started, haven't you? Yes, the studio I use is in Bath, which is Josh. A lot of your listeners will know him. Josh at Get Real Ordo. He's actually the sound engineer for a lot of uk bluegrass festivals so i went to him because he was the only one i trusted to get a nice acoustic sound mm-hmm. a nice clean acoustic sound and i'm actually got to travel i'll go back there next week but i don't mind i don't mind the journey because a lot of lot of my work and my contacts are now in the south of england although i live up north so yeah we started it and we'll be doing some more late August, September, with a view to getting it out by October. That's going to be a challenge, but sure we'll do it. (laughs) Sounds incredibly exciting and I can't wait. Linda, thank you so much for giving me your time and I will look forward to catching up with you in my other podcast. But meanwhile, I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and good luck with your third album. Cheers, Lynn. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to a Lynn Nash Music and Voice production for the Bands in the Boudoir podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed listening and I hope you will come back to listen to further episodes in the future. Thank you very much for tuning in.